Welcome to Life Lessons in Unexpected Places. The world is full of teachers if you know how to look and listen. With Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, Patreon, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Be a king, master yourself. In self-mastery alone lies true freedom. You'll be able then to move about the world fearlessly like a lion. A lion king, which is a phrase that all of us know about these days, but what a power there is in that very idea, isn't it? Isn't it just a profoundly attractive idea? I just, just see how much the heart just resonates with the idea that we could move around the world fearlessly like a lion. I mean, all the images that a lion represents to us of just being, you know, that everything moves aside. And yet you also, when you think about a lion, just, just think of the image that you have. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not like a squirrel, you know, running in all directions. It, it has this tremendous sense of potential power. That's what a lion puts out. It's like the, the power is so present that the lion doesn't have to make a show about it. In fact, it, the lion can move rather languidly. The lion can just, you know, sit in the forest and survey its kingdom because it knows and everyone else knows that the instant that power is needed, all the power that's needed is right there. Now, this is a very um, powerful image as this book is intended to convey. It's trying to make abstractions exceedingly accessible to the human mind and to the human heart. So here's an abstraction of self-mastery. So the image that's presented of self-mastery is the way a lion um, moves about in the world. Um, and again, I, I'm thinking about it for a minute. You know, a lion, for example, stalking the prey is not exactly the part of the lion that we want to be thinking about. But think about it. The lion can make itself completely hidden in the grass. The lion can be absolutely still, but its eyes are open and it's watching. And then in just the moment that it needs, it suddenly bursts from cover, runs exceedingly quickly, goes exactly to where it was trying to go, in this case perhaps getting dinner for itself and its family, but carries out its task and then it's done. Now. That's how we want to feel, not we don't want to feel fierce and bloodthirsty. We don't want to be sort of seeking out the weak member of the herd. So there the image breaks down a little bit. But what is the opposite of what the lion is like? Which is that we're restless, we're nervous, it's hard for us to sit still. We don't know how to just patiently wait for the right moment. We're not sure what we should be concentrating on. And in the moment that energy is required, we don't necessarily even find it. Because our whole reality, our physical, mental, emotional self, is not trained to focus. It's not trained to be disciplined. It's not practiced in that art. Swami Kriyananda um, remarked, told the story once about a cousin, his cousin, 
who was a very who was a close friend of his. Um, she was married, and when her first child was born, it was a daughter, and the daughter had a serious heart defect. So here is this young woman who's a mother for the first time, and you know, thrilled to be a mother, but now she has a child with a heart defect, and we and doesn't know if the child's going to live or if it's going to be able to be repaired or whatever there might be. The cousin um, believed in God and believed in the power of prayer. And every part of her uh, wanted to pray that her daughter would live, that her daughter would thrive, which, in fact, she did. I don't know the medical details, but whatever the crisis was, it did pass. But before that happened, the mother said, with, she, she, she confessed to Swamiji with tears, weep streaming down her face. There was nothing more important to me than to, to, to pray for my daughter to save her life. She said, I would have willingly given my life if my daughter could have been healed and been well. She said, but even as I prayed, she said, I found my mind wandering. I began to wonder if I had enough milk for breakfast. I began to wonder what I should make for supper. I began to think about something my husband had said the day before. She said, here I am in the most critical moment of my life, and I don't have the self-mastery to pray with concentration for more than a, a less than a minute at a time. And it just, it broke her heart to realize that. Now, all the time in our lives, the entire, the, the line in the sand between success and failure is always self-mastery. A young friend of mine, he was still in school at the time, and he was somewhat drawn to the path, that the spiritual path that I follow and from, what, from which this book emanates, Swami Kriyananda. But it's a path of meditation, and at least my life, I have not followed a normal course. A normal course in the sense is I've ne- never, I never actually, actually I never even finished college. I never had any professional training in, in the formal way that the, the society as a whole recognizes it. I never had a, a career in the formal way that society recognizes it. At the age of 24, I, I moved into the spiritual community of Ananda, and it's been, well, what Paramahansa Yogananda called home, job, and church have been one integrated whole ever since. I've had an extremely interesting and varied career, if you want to call that, helping to start Ananda communities, teaching these teachings, traveling around the world. It's been a a marvelous life. Uh, Fifty years I've been doing this, and it's just just been glorious. It's been a a notable and a very interesting, and I would call successful career, if you were going to measure it. But it's not, um, I've not, uh, well, as an example, I've not optimized my earning potential, as an example, and I've drawn my security from other sources than money. My friend has and is acting out quite, quite appropriately and ethically and honorably what you might call more conventional ambitions, professional training, professional career, home, family, job, all of that, and it's fine. He was torn between being drawn to the life that I've lived and the drawn to the life that he wanted to live. I was trying to tell him that there was really no conflict, that the form the life took was quite incidental 
to the principles and the values and the beliefs that, that form the core of who you are. Um, but he wasn't so sure and went another way. However, I asked him the simple question. I said, in your efforts to succeed at whatever you set your mind to, what is your greatest obstacle? And he was introspective and honest enough to say, myself. Just as simple as that. My fears, my laziness, my lack of concentration, my conflict over what I think I ought to do, my disinclination towards certain things. In other words, the inability to master the many different impulses within myself. And I was expressing to him truly that the art of meditation and other practices that are part of the path I follow, you take those practices, you learn to master yourself, then you can go wherever you want to go. You don't have to go the direction I've gone, but the method I've used to get there is the universal method of self-mastery. Not merely self-discipline, but the, but the actual shifting of our, of our inner concept of our own potential. I mean, you can discipline yourself, and self-discipline, of course, is very important. But self-discipline is, self-mastery is when I have truly understood where my best interests lie. And that even though one may appear to have, for example, a disciplined life or um, a renunciate life in the sense of, of not surrounding oneself with superfluous um, luxuries or realities or not always dissipating one, one's energy and a desire to have more things, but, but there's an implication that somehow there's a deprivation in that and that one sacrifices and feels deprived, but one disciplines oneself nevertheless. But self-mastery is when one has simply set, has a, a, an inner understanding of what, my, what the priorities are, what my priorities are in terms of achieving what's really important to me. In my own life, even from a very young age, what I always wanted to be was happy. I'd never really been unhappy. Now I put into this equation the concept of reincarnation, which is fundamental to the path of self-realization that I follow, that the life I'm living now is a continuation of many incarnations that I've lived before. So this is the chapter, the, the, the page turns. You know, we finish a whole incarnation, we exit from the body, we go to the astral world, we have an interlude in, in the astral world, uh, preferably heaven, not hell. And what I mean by that is preferably uh, a, a place of beauty and of harmony rather than of dissonance. But whoever we are, we go to the astral world that is reflective of the consciousness we have. So merely to die does not make you a harmonious, loving person if you haven't been one. And if you have been a harmonious, loving person, merely to die does not condemn you to a place of torture and unhappiness. It's a vibration of consciousness. And in the astral world, we move into the vibration that is consistent with the, with the essence of, of, who, of what our consciousness is. The material world is a mixed world. It's not a, the vibrations are not homogeneous. We tend to be drawn to places where the vibrations match our own, not always, but usually. Um, but there's many, many, many different kinds of vibrations taking place in a material world. In our particular time in society, 
there's a tre- in the in in the planet there's a tremendous increase in spiritual light and there's simultaneously a tremendous increase in materialistic atheistic darkness so it's a very strange time that we're living in uh, very dramatic but when we leave this body the astral worlds are are, are hom- homogeneous vibrations of of gradually elevating or declining depending on who we are and we merge into that world most stories about death and return are bright and light that people go into light worlds but there are a few very interesting stories about people who go into dark worlds and what those dark worlds are about because if you've been that kind of person one notable story from a college professor who used to delight in mocking anyone who had any spiritual faith and then he died he he returned but he died and went into a world where there was nothing but mockery for higher values and it was a very dark place and he came back and realized how much damage he'd done by trying to to snuff out the light in people who had it and he he lost his career and his marriage and everything because he became a very different person after that experience so talking about self mastery and this led me into a bit of a discussion about reincarnation but i always really wanted to be happy yes i said even though i didn't i was very i was very blessed in my family and really my whole life i've had very good karma but still happiness and gradually i began to understand divine bliss was really the most important thing to me and everything that i did was always done in relation you know first trying to understand what it was i was seeking and then when i began to understand that spiritual truth and self realization self mastery was what i was seeking then doing my best of course and my best has not always been the best it's just been my best to to orient my actions my thoughts my decisions in alignment with that primary idea and so then it's not so much a question of suppression or deprivation it's it's an obvious choice if this is what i want then this is the behavior that is necessary in order for me to achieve it and if i behave opposite than that then i have to understand that i need to keep clarifying my understanding of what it is i really seek and how to achieve it then that's life that's the that's that's making life a journey towards self mastery <laughs> instead of just making it a a passing the time and ending up nowhere different than we started which all all that is is we end up nowhere different than we started <laughs> and unless where we started was the absolute apex of apex of what we can imagine for ourselves it's too bad to waste all that time and if we're not perfectly content with with our moment to moment consciousness then it serves us to pay attention to find a way to change it so be a king master yourself in self mastery alone lies true freedom you'll be able then to move about the world fearlessly like a lion Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation 
or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.